GateWorld.net presents an exclusive interview with Tori Higginson, Dr. Elizabeth Weir, on Stargate Atlantis. For GateWorld 2.0, I'm David Reed, and I'm on the telephone with Miss Tori Higginson. Tori, thanks again for taking time to talk with us. My pleasure, and hello to all the gorgeous people on GateWorld. <laughs> You're shooting the game this week. We actually are shooting three episodes this week. On Monday, we shot Tower of Rodney. On Tuesday, we shot Sunday. And today, we started the game. Oh, wow. So it's been a crazy week. <laughs> wow. Well, what has uh, Tori... Uh, what is Tori's... What has weird involvement been in the episodes that you've been shooting? Um, it's been a pretty busy week for me, actually. Um, Sunday, uh, we started shooting in June. So for wow. me, yesterday was all of my pickup stuff. I... I get to have a date, which I'm very excited. So I got to shoot all that stuff with lovely, lovely actor who came in yesterday to play Mike Branton. And oh. uh, so all day yesterday was me getting to be a girl. Oh, good. To be a girl, which was really, really fun. Nice change. Yeah, it was a nice change. It was sort of a nice opportunity to see her a little bit vulnerable and a little bit sort of, yeah, just a little bit lighter. And, and it was just, and he was such a lovely actor, and it was a great, um, a really fun day, really. And we had Will Waring directing that one again. Oh, okay. This is Sunday. Also directing the game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and he's just a joy to work with. Very gentle and sweet, man. All right. Great. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people have been talking about Sunday and how it's like breaking the box in terms of. Like it's told in vignettes, and it all happens within the the within like a ten minute period for everybody. Uh, what do fans have to look forward to with that episode? Well, I think we do get to see. You know, and that's one thing I always hear about from fans. I know the actors are eager for it as well to have an opportunity to see the characters yes. when there's not imminent threat. Yes, and to be able to see them in a more informal and relaxed environment. And and Sunday, they they found a way to do that, which mm. um, which is you know is quite clever. It's sort of quite it's some stuff that happens, which will be shocking. And and uh, mm -hmm. but the the most of it, the setup of it, is seeing us all in our civvies, so to speak, and mm -hmm. a little bit relaxed and a little bit. You also get to see. I actually got to do a wonderful scene with Rachel, and we were Aww. very really excited about it. And and you know we spoke about. You know, it's not so much what happens in the scene, but the way that we played off each other. We sort of decided let's let's make it as relaxed and as intimate as we can to show that this relationship has been blossoming. Yeah. We just haven't been seen it, so it's sort of it's sort of I think we'll let the audience see that these two have a confidence with each other. Oh, which, good. Yeah. Yeah, which we are both very excited to, and she's yeah. such a joy to work with. So that was that was lovely. You've been hoping for a very long time. Uh, that we would form a deeper relationship with Taylor on screen. I mean, they're both strong women, and they have a lot in common in terms of leadership. Um, I think, and I think that she, you know, they're the closest to equals as well because you know Taylor doesn't need to be a part of the Atlantis crew. She no. has her people, and she could leave at any time and yes. go back to be ruler of her people. So it, it allows not only is she, you know, an intelligent, compassionate woman, which appeals to to Elizabeth, but there's also an ease of allowing Elizabeth to take her her guards down a bit because yes. she feels, you know, this woman is not so much under her authority. She is there of independent choice. Right. And um, that yeah, creates an equality, which I think is quite interesting. So hopefully the producers and the network liked the energy and will give us a few more scenes. I keep hoping they're going to have scenes where... Taylor's teaching Weir self-defense and oh. teaching physical. I think I've been trying to, you know, pitch that for a few years. I think it'd be a lovely way to see these two women share each other's strengths with each other. Wow. Well, very good. Definitely looking forward to that. 
Season 3 shooting is two-thirds complete. This year has gone by so fast. How do you feel this year is shaping up as a whole? Um, I've actually, I've enjoyed this year more than the first two. Um, I think for various reasons. I mean, one, just it, it does take a while to really settle into something, you know, especially when you're geographically away from your home. Mm-hmm. So it, I think, you know, people are a little bit more nervous, not quite as comfortable because they don't have their natural support around them. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, year three has been just much more relaxed and much more enjoyable as far as the relationships with the people that you work with. And mm-hmm. I think, too, the writers have done some interesting things this year as far as breaking those set boxes a little mm-hmm. bit more. I mean, the episodes of Richard Kind, and I know some people, you know, liked, some people didn't, but I found it interesting to sort of have a sitcom sort of <laughs> format and, and just to shake it up a bit more, to sort of have be able to be braver with styles and throw something in, and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, stick to the same rules every week. And I think yes. the writers have been very brave with doing that this year. And also The Real World is an example of that. That's a very un-Stargate type of show. Yes. And and um, I was thrilled that I got to be the one to play with that one because it's very sort of straight psychodrama sort of mm-hmm. idea. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful acting challenge and, and very very opposite to what our usual format is. So yes. I've been enjoying year three very much. The writers have been constantly pushing that this year is going to be about the characters. I mean, they are listening to fans on this because fans are desperately wanting to know about these people, who they are in their quarters and, and what, what kind of hobbies they have. The, the Things like that. I mean, McKay is like the the epitome of the work and always out there fighting the good fight and blowing stuff, blowing uh, uh, star systems up and everything like that. Star systems up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and like like Weir, we've never even seen her quarters. And actually, when we were up there, Martin Giro said, you know, I just wrote a scene for Weir in her quarters. So we're really, all of us are really looking forward to seeing what these characters are with their hair down, what they're like with their hair down. Well, good. Well, I hope we I hope we give enough of it. I mean, it's definitely I think the the fans and the actors are on the same page with that mm-hmm. because actors all you know obviously we get a lot of joy out of you know bringing a, a personality, bringing a emotion, and and bringing something real to the characters. The, the format of a lot of these shows they are they are not character driven on the whole. They right. are story driven, right. plot driven, and right. and so I think that is that is a constant sort of battle that that will always continue. It'll never be a character driven series. But um, but I'm glad that you know there have been a few opportunities this season where they have sort of dropped open the door a bit to that stuff. So and hopefully the fans will love it and respond, and that will encourage the writers to do more of it because we definitely enjoy doing it. Great, great. What has been the most joyous moment of this year thus far for you? And also for whatever reason, what has been the most horrible? Oh dear. Um, well, the most joyous. Gosh, you know what? Really, it's coming to work. Really, um, getting to work with RDA again. I have yes. so I just get I get giddy around him, and he's such a joy to work with, and he's such a flirt, and he's so <laughs> just he's just fun. He's really fun. So I feel very lucky. I've had two or three episodes with him this year. And, yes, and I'm always yeah. That's always makes me happy when I read a script and I go yippee, and I get to be the one that deals with him, and I feel very lucky in that. Um, Sedgwick also gets to be in the show again this year. Great! <laughs> that always makes me very happy. All right. Um, 
And the other thing is I had a date. Yes. So I, I get to kiss a boy. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can say that. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh, Uh-oh. it's okay. <laughs> but oh. that was fun. <laughs> Great. What about the most dreadful? You know what? You're going to have to ask me that when the season is aired. Yes, okay. I kind of can't answer that. There, there has been some, some really awful stuff that happened, and, and I cannot divulge it at all. That made it on screen? Yeah. I'll so be I, Yeah, so I'll have to ask me that when, when the season is, is almost over. I will, I will talk about that with you again. Okay, okay. Don't, don't scare us, Tori. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> a little bit of fear is all right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> have you found yourself running over to the production office? Um, have you yet found yourself running over to the production office, fresh script in hand, saying, we wouldn't do this, or she wouldn't mm-hmm. act this way? Has that ever happened? Oh, yes. Really? <laughs> oh, yes, it happens a lot. Really? Um, it's, it's kind of happened less often this year, and, and partly because the first two years it, it happened a lot. And, you know, usually what happens is you go over there and, they justify it in because it sometimes it's justified you know sometimes it's justified in a way that makes me understand and go oh, okay i mm-hmm. see what you're doing with her i understand why you're doing this mm-hmm. i'll just find a way to make it work it doesn't fit right in mm-hmm. me but i will find a way to make it work and and when that happens usually afterwards i get it and i go oh i see why they did that and that is interesting Okay. Sometimes it's not a satisfying answer, and, and, and the reason is you have to do this because they're thinking of the storyline, not the character, or you right. have to do it to help push another character's storyline along, and, and you have to make compromises. So mm-hmm. I sort of, you know, having a few battles the first two years, this year I've kind of gone, all right, I mean, I'll sort of trust them, and, and, and you don't usually win that battle. <laughs> so just sort of try to find a way to solve it for yourself and, and go in there and, and, and fix it in, in your own mind, sort I, of fill, fill the empty space in your own mind. I bet it was hard for you to do episodes like Michael and Misbegotten. Those were exactly two that I was up there saying that this is not the character that I thought I was playing. And, and really? you know, this is not what I think the fans expect from her. And if she is going to go this way, then, you know, can you promise me there will be a repercussion? There will mm-hmm. be some scene where that is addressed to, uh, her regrets or her fears or her, you know, talking about or somehow expressing how she is changing and accepting a different politic. And, and you know, because it is it is plot-driven and each episode is, a lot of the time, there's not jumps, you know, storylines aren't continued. So so those are definitely two that I did fight a lot for, and, and they were hard ones to do. They're really hard. And, and, and um, you know, I, I got my head around it afterwards thinking, well, that's interesting. And, and actually, maybe she did go through a period up here of having to get quite a bit darker. I mean, who wouldn't, wouldn't really face with the new things that she has seen and discovered yes. and experienced the last few years? So I can't change it, so let's explore that side of it and, mm-hmm. and play with it there. Who would have thought when she was uh, doing diplomatic negotiations for the U.N. that she would have had to face uh, life-sucking aliens after all? Exactly! <laughs> it wasn't in her head. It wasn't in her makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been given a once-in-a-lifetime story this year that your fans are dying to see. The real world. It is this type of psychodrama story that has only appeared a handful of times on Stargate, uh, namely Legacy and The Changeling, never in Atlantis. What was your first impression of this story when you were first told about it? Well, I was thrilled. I was so excited. I mean, I knew Carl Binder came in and pitched it to me, and 
and I love Carl. Carl likes writing for for Elizabeth, and and I love how he writes for her. Mm-hmm. So I was absolutely thrilled when he just sort of hinted at it and and then when I got the first draft I just went you know and it was great because I got nervous and I thought oh that's a nice that's a nice feeling I got nervous going can I do this this right. is you know a real acting chops bit and can I do it and and that's always a wonderful feeling to, to just to be challenged that way and so I was I was deeply exciting I am hope it's not a once in a lifetime story I hope I'll get another one <laughs> okay good <laughs> equally as challenging sometime <laughs> Um, in my career, but um, yeah, it, it was from from the moment I first heard about it, I was excited. And it's interesting because Carl said that this was a storyline that he actually pitched before yes. he worked here. Yes. So it was something he has been thinking about and wanting to play with for a while. So that made me excited because I thought he's really going to care about this. This is something yes. that means something to him and is going to mean something to me. And and that hopefully will raise us both up a few notches and make us put our game face on and and uh, do a good job with it. How long uh, was O'Neill a part of the story from the beginning, or did that come in when Rick made himself available? I'm not sure, actually. Okay. Um, I think I think it kind of came up when Rick made himself available, and and I think they also had to solve. They had an issue of because, you know, one of the first few drafts I think was the first two thirds of the script was just me, and right, and the, there was that thought of well, wait a minute, we have to have some other faces and characters in here, but to not um, divulge the story that, you know, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't go back to Atlantis. And, and so he became a perfect solution for his face to be there to, to partner off with me. So okay, it wasn't good. just the Tori Higginson show for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have been so bad. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> Much like Irresistible, the episode reportedly will show us a different side of Weirk. What can you tell us about that different side? Um, well, I think you see a lot of her vulnerability in that. I think oh. you see fear. And, you oh, know, really? She shows, yeah, she shows some fear. She shows great vulnerability. Um, you also see, you know, there's a a side of her where she gives up, you know, and I don't think you've really seen her give up yet oh. either. And, That's and a good point. Str- yeah, and to struggle with, you know, with that and, and, you know, why one does. And, and I think people in the face of, of constant battle, at some point you get tired and you just mm-hmm. go, I can't anymore. And, and and you try to find a way to justify why you can't fight. And, and, and yeah, so you sort of, and through that you see this vulnerability and, and this sort of um, white flag come up, mm-hmm. <laughs> a surrender. So those, those were nice to, to show her human side. Do you think this is Weir's best story thus far? I, as a weird story, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I really enjoyed doing the long goodbye. I found that a lot of fun to do. So, <laughs> but but that wasn't weird story. That was you know the entity within weird story. So, yeah, I think definitely it is. Um, it, it was the most the the most complex story for weird, and and okay, the most good. open, emotionally available and open story we've seen of her. That's one of the things that made before I sleep so rich, which is one of my favorites from season one, if not the favorite. It was just oh. executed so brilliantly, and to complement that with the acting was just the story concept originally was incredible, but to complement it with the good acting really drove home the the how significant Atlantis could be. Oh well, thank you for those words of support. It's very generous. And, yeah, what, what that has, was a fun one to do. It turned out so great on screen. What has the general tone of the letters you received from your female fan base been over the past two and a half years? 
Oh, gosh. I, um, I mean, th- that's what I get mostly is letters from women, which I find very interesting. And a lot of, you know, all over the world and all different ages. Um, but what I, I mean, there's, there's such an openness that you get. You get letters that people are sharing their, mm-hmm. you know, their real-life pain. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny. I mean, I've actually, I haven't been able to respond to fan mail for a while because I haven't, I've been begging them for promo photos for the last year, <laughs> truly. Send stuff back. Um, so I've got a pile that I will get to, I promise, once I get my photos. But there, there's just such an emotional openness and a desire for people to share their struggles and and whatever mm. you know strength or inspiration they've got from seeing a you know a sort of isolated woman who still just deals with the world with strength and with um you know a strong integrity and and that makes me really proud i feel very you know the days that you're having a bad day and you think mm. what am i doing i'm not saving the world mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i'm still working on a show and television show and i'm you know what is my life about and mm-hmm. and i've got to say you get letters sometimes and you and i read them and i just think well, bless you for being so open, mm-hmm. and and that's wonderful. If if you are inspired by this character's strength, and if that helps you fight your present pain, mm-hmm. then that's pretty cool. That's got to be also pretty humbling, Tori. Oh my God, hugely. Yeah. Hugely. I mean, it's you know, it's so yeah. It's it's such it's such a gift that they that they write with with that amount of yeah rawness mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And generosity, and yeah, it's it's quite mind-blowing. Sedge, both Weir's dog and yours in real life, has developed a throng of loyal followers, myself <laughs> included. I love that. <laughs> Would you have a problem with her coming to Atlantis on a permanent basis? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would die if she did. I'm actually working on an independent film right now, and that when they sent me the script, there was a part in it for a dog, and I didn't pitch Sedgwick, but when I went and met the writer and the director, and I obviously show up at my meetings with my dog all the time, and he just fell in love with her, so oh, she's doing that great. movie. So she right now is a feature film in two episodes on her on her resume. She's doing very oh. well. <laughs> now she's but not... I, I mean, I've been joking with Brad for two years, going, "Come on, we can fit her with a little earwig, and you know, Heather, those sort of intergalactic translators." Well, she could have a little voice. She comes in and and barks something, and we're like, "What's that, Sedge? Shepherd's in trouble. We'll go help him." <laughs> I was talking with Martin Gere, and I was like, "You know, it's, she's not Simon's dog. There's no reason that they can't." fit a little kennel aboard the Daedalus and send her to Atlantis. That's what I think, because she's not. We actually discover that she's not Simon's dog in um, real world. Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. You said <laughs> that she's going to be back, so good. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, we're rooting for that. <laughs> cool. That's so adorable. Actually, somebody was telling me on the film that I'm doing, they have a blog, and the, the DOP showed up the other day, and he said, I was reading the blog for our film, and Sedge got a shout-out from England. Some girl went, like, much respect for using the Sedgwick. I was like, that is the coolest thing I ever heard. <laughs> that, that's so great, because she's not, she's not a stage dog. I mean, you found her. Didn't you adopt her or find her in a... I just found her on the street, actually. She was oh. walking the streets of L.A., and she was could barely walk. She was deeply abused. Oh. She was, was terrified of everything. And, uh, yeah, so she'd had no experience. I mean, the first episode of, of this show was, was her first. And the funny thing is, in this film that I'm doing, she's not doing scenes with me. So the director comes and picks her up when I'm at set and <sighs> takes her to to shoot and drops her off at the end of the day. So I'll she's be got done. her own career completely separate of me now. <laughs> oh, great. Well, good for her. <laughs> yeah. Tori, overall, this thus far, what has Elizabeth taught you about yourself? Um, you know, I, I read that question that you sent, and I thought that was a lovely question. Um, two things mainly, mm-hmm. I think, and mm-hmm. patience is a big one. Ah, uh, yeah. 
actually three things as I'm saying it. Patience, definitely. Discipline is another. Mm -hmm. I'm not very disciplined. And I think this woman, what she's done and what she's sacrificed to learn what she's learned is huge. Mm -hmm. And also on a personal level, to have a thicker skin. I mean, I think a lot of actors were all pretty insecure and, 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 um, and take things too seriously. And, and, you know, we, we believe the bad press, but not the good press and are very, and, and I look at what this, she's been through and mm -hmm. you know she gets raked through the coals she gets people that you know don't actually heed her words she mm -hmm. gets you know all this stuff and she's okay with it she just trundles through she doesn't affect her ego she just sort of goes okay well i'll try another tact mm -hmm. and 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 i think her her thick skin and her patience are are um lovely things that i'm i think has rubbed off a little bit on me Hi, I'm Garwin Sanford. This is GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate. Wormhole disengaged.